Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is an out of madness. This is an out of madness. This is an out of madness. This is an out of Welcome to the mouth of manliness. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on Zoom again. We're still in lockdown. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out to Wergy Productions for doing all my um, mastering and editing for me. Uh, yeah, he should get a shout out. And I'm really, really pleased to say that I've got Stuart Roberts on um, today, who I've been. I just I I heard about. You, you in particular, before I'd heard about um, what you do, Haircuts for the mm. Homeless. Because um, I think you've done some stuff with Pip or yeah. Stuart as well. Yeah, both, yeah. Yeah, so Stuart's like my oldest friend. And, um, oh, right. He'd mentioned... You, I, yeah, he was just talking about what you were doing before, like ages ago. And yeah. then... Yeah, I've kind of changed the format of things a little bit. So I'm just kind of really interested in getting interested people who have done interesting things. And yeah, and then how that links in. So I kind of thought, um, like from my, um, I know that a lot of people who are homeless often have mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's like a high percentage of like ex-servicemen and that kind of thing. And like they've, you know, yeah. sometimes... Uh, PTSD has kind of driven me, driven me into that kind of situation. And mm. uh, from a kind of personal level, uh, which is why I was particularly interested, like I, I went through phases um, a number of times in my life when like I've, the, uh, that, like I've been really drawn to the idea of just disappearing, you know, and like um, just giving in to, like giving in to just drinking, and not having any, you know, cutting everything off. I mm. felt like that so many times um, mm. that when I'm when I'm feeling like real mentally not well, I, I tend to go down that road. So that was kind of where my kind of more of a personal interest came into the stuff that you do. Yeah, uh, and I, and I've worked. Uh, I'm a probation officer by trade, so I've obviously worked with quite a lot of people that have been homeless, and and more mm. often than not. You know, obviously, there's 
often with the people I swear to, there's links with substance misuse, but more often yeah. than not, it comes from a place of mental illness when they're, they're just not well. And that's yeah. kind of led them down that road. And I, and for, I suppose what I was saying is that I can, I can associate with it a bit. Mm. You know, I haven't got to that point and I can't associate completely, but I can see it. Mm. So, sorry, Amy, um, so haircuts for the homeless. Yeah. It's not big, isn't it? I was like looking it up yesterday. Yeah, it's pretty big, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, I said to someone yesterday though, it's like a five year overnight success. Yeah. Because, you know, like I started way back in November 2014. And, and I was just off on my own doing it. Um, I suppose it's re- it is relevant. I'm 14 years sober. And right. part of my recovery is like helping other people. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So I was over at Romford Salvation Army every Monday afternoon doing this little group talk where I sort of anyone wanted to come and listen, I'd, I'd sort of just tell them how, how I'd, I'd got better, you know, and, and cope with things. And, you know, I used to help some people, some people that didn't. And I saw a guy in America doing these street makeovers and he just blew me mind. It was, it was so powerful, the images, that um, when I was there this, 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 on that Monday and I just thought, and I'd seen that and I see the guys coming to get something to eat off the street. But I, next week, I'll just come and do a couple of haircuts, anyone who wants one, you know. Um, so the following week, I went an hour early, done, ended up doing five or six haircuts. And it was something so pure at the time you know like it i've been doing hairdressing for a long time and you get a bit automated and you you're a bit weary and you've lost your passion and all of a sudden there was this pure exchange of just cutting someone's hair but like really seeing them walk in and then lift like just lift and smile and you know what i mean it's just this wonderful exchange between two human beings and I was I was fucking hooked straight away, you know. Like I thought, this I've got. I'm coming next week. I don't do it every week, but still only on my own. But then quite a few people just I oh, would come and help. Um, and then places like the Sally Army, they the word gets out, and we got Ilford and we got Chelmsford. So can you come to us? And before I knew it, we we'd started to grow a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, the big thing was um, last year when we was on the National Lottery advert where they come and filmed us um, and done this little 60-minute advert for the lottery, sort of to say where this is where your money goes type thing. Yeah. Um, but it, because it went on everywhere, we just, it blew out of the water, mate. You know, it was just like overnight, our, our inbox is filled. Um, it, we, and there's only me and my sister. People think we're a big charity. There's only me and my sister. We was a bit overwhelmed. Um, but it's really everything doubled from that point in this last year. So we went from 300 volunteers to 600, and we've now got 67 projects across the UK, and we've given over 40,000 haircuts. So um, the the big push has come from this last year, but it it's been a long time, you know, doing it. That's the short answer. <laughs> you know what? Though? I just think it's that a really really lovely straightforward yeah. idea you know like the good ideas are the simple ones and like just the yeah. idea of if, if someone can like just make themselves feel better like look in the mirror and feel a bit better like mm. they're going to walk out of a smile and you like they're going to have a good 
good few days still a week, you know, while their hair's still pretty decent and it just lifts yeah. you, doesn't it? You yeah, know, yeah. Just from other people who, you know, they go to the hairdressers and walk out feeling really good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not that hard to do, is it? You know, like, it's no, kind of no, really it, nice. It's a simple um, thing, but it's really effective. It, particularly for someone who's had no, they constantly say to me, they feel invisible. Mm. They constantly say that no one listens, no one, no one engages. They feel like um, people look down on them. So all of a sudden, you've got this really personal service being done, mm. and this real sort of deep connection, communication. Like you know, it, it, it's something really special about. It. And people don't really, I don't think they realise until they come to one of our sessions and actually see us in action. Yeah. And see the effects we have. Not on, not on everyone, but like some of the people really get a lift. And I think quite, you have to sort of see it to, to understand it. It's quite a hands-on thing as well. So it's kind of yeah. something like saying to the person that, you know, that you yourself, you know, you're not looking down on them. You're not afraid to no. touch them. And, you know, no. and like other people probably really would be, wouldn't they? I mean, yeah. it's, and it's like, and we're all just people. You know, yeah. like real people with the same kind of things going on often. Yeah. So, so did, did you feel, um, does it aid your recovery? Yeah, oh, massively, massively. Because the big thing of recovery is that you, you know, that old thing of if you, you have to freely give, uh, give it away, like what's been given to you. So, you know, you you can't keep on to it yourself. You've got to, you've got to go out and help people. And, um, initially if, if you do what I did, you go through a 12 step and thing, you sort of then just, that's what you do. You, you help other people in that environment. And I had been doing that for sort of seven or eight years, but all of a sudden, um, this threw me in a different direction. Yeah. You know, my, my whole life changed on that day when I'd done them haircuts because my, all of my work now, my recovery work is through this. It channeled into this yeah. um, because there's often times when I'm I'm just chatting to someone and I can, they get curious. So they'll say, oh, what are you doing this for then? Why'd you do this? And then I sort of say, well, I'm in recovery. And, I, you know, and then someone said, oh yeah, I've been drinking a bit. You know, sometimes they just, they just sort of prod you a little bit. They, you know, I don't preach. I don't like, you know, I wouldn't ever preach to anyone and I don't bang on. But if someone starts to get inquisitive, I can then just sow the seed to say, do you know what? There is a, there is a choice, you know, like there is another way, you know? Um, and then it, you hope that if you sow enough, put enough bread on the water, you know, like you, you'll get a bite now and then, you know, but it, you, it's out of my hands. I, I can't do a lot. I can just, you know, do what I do. It's funny, you know, like when, when, you, when you give a bit of yourself, like in a kind of situation like that, um, and you say something like, you know, something really kind of honest like that, people tend to, if they've got their own stuff going on, then they're kind of with you. You know, like they're much more inclined to open up, they're much more inclined to kind of tell you what's going on because you've kind of given a bit of yourself there. And like, It's weird, I found, um, like, I often kind of, I say this all the time, but I often see, like, my mental health in terms of... Um, like recovery uh, and and in many ways doing the podcast is part of that 
you know, like I've started to get a lot better. You know, I still have my moments, but I've started to feel much better. And like my, my psychiatrist puts it in terms of recovery as well. Uh, and like, it does feel so, you know, like you start, well, I'm starting to feel a bit better, so maybe I can kind of help other people. And in, a, in many ways, that's made me much better. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of really built up and kind of built, made me a lot better. So I can kind of, re- I really can see that. Well, it, what it's doing, it's taking you out of self. Yeah. Because the more in self we are, and it's not about, you know, it, it goes beyond. I mean, the first thing we do, we put drink down or we put cocaine down or whatever yeah. we've got. And then we're left with what we are. Yeah. So pretty quickly you realise, you know, that you can even, you can have all these issues without having any substance abuse or any, you know, it can be sex, gambling, anything, you know, shopping, anything that you're doing that's disrupting. Because what you're doing, you're like, you've got this big emptiness and you're trying to fill it up with stuff, you know, or put it up your nose or not, you know, like whatever you're doing, you know, but it, when that stops and then you're, you're faced with it, you, you, you all of a sudden realise you don't quite know what's going on. You don't know who you are. Um, you don't know why all these things are happening to you. You don't know why you're reacting. And, and, and it's a process. Um, and the worst thing I find is being in self. Um, and I'm, cause I'm a selfish fucker. Like, yeah, no, you know, like, intrinsically. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I think the default of most humans is that. Yeah, you've got this so. self-preservation, you've got this self-interest, particularly in the modern world where everything's become a bit sort of self-obsessed, self-obsessed, yeah. you know, like, I mean, look at us, we're fucking talking to each other and everyone's, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're going, look, we've got things to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying it's that, that we've all got this, this enlarged feeling of what we are or who we are you know um uh, we all have that and, and you know like you've got my kids are always on insta and they're taking pictures and none of it's real you know none of it really makes sense um and then the more you are and if i have a day if i have a black day like and i go into myself everything gets 10 times worse yeah yeah hundred times worse mm-hmm. if i and I will, but I, I'm not one of these people, like, the thing is, I don't trust these positive, 100%, every day's got to be positive people. No, I, I find it I really don't fucking so. trust it. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Because <laughs> I think it's bad. I don't, I don't think it's great for you, because in the end, you're suppressing all this stuff, yeah. and it's going to blow at some point, you know? No, I've, I've tried to do that. I've done all the self-help books and the calls, I've done all these things, and trying to be this sort of person that's ultra positive and realising that we're like steam cookers. At some point, you've got to let some of that shit out, you know, yeah. and accept it and acknowledge it. But I try just to not let it go beyond 24 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And But, but when I'm in that down, that dark self, um, it, everything's, everything's worse. Yeah. Whereas I get, if I get out of my pit and I go out and then when I am going to a project, and I do help someone, and I realise how how many how, what sort of problems other people have got. It's the best antidote. It's the best antidepressant in the world. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think that's kind of why I do my job in a way as well. Yeah. So um, uh, when someone else is going through something really bad, yeah, you're not thinking about you. 
Or, mm. no, you, I mean, to some extent, you're thinking, oh, fucking, I, I'm all right. You know, mm. like, I, I'm not as bad. So I, I, what am I complaining about? Mm. But you're right, it's that kind of, uh, like, the hardest thing to do is kind of separate from your head. You know, that's the hardest thing. And often helping people and trying to do something good, uh, yeah. it, it helps you to separate. But it also kind of, um, it all those kind of negative things that you say to yourself, it's mm. like, well, like, you know, that, that can't all be right, can it? Because otherwise, like, I wouldn't be trying to do something good. Yeah. You know, well, it, it I think we said it's really important there because you just said all those negative things you say to yourself. And I think that's, that's so important because our internal language is, is probably one of the most crucial things we've got. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you'll be the most kind person that you'll say things. You wouldn't dream of saying things to other people, people you love, even people you don't know, just people you respect. You would never talk to them like that. But the way you talk to yourself, you know, like is cruel, you know, until you've got firstly you've got to start listening to it so you've got to like listen to what you're saying you know that voice that's going on you've got to listen to it and then you've got to realize and and, and observe it and then just start to learn how you talk to yourself so and that's where a lot of our, our stuff comes from yeah you i know. you know i really could not agree with you more and like it's taken me a lifetime of therapy to really mm. like to get that and to kind mm. of understand it, and that's how I manage now. Like I, I mm. you're saying everything I, that I believe wholeheartedly, um, yeah. And it's funny because if if you're then going, oh la 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 la, I know everything's all right, everything's all right. Yeah. That don't work, you know. Like no. it's like just to say, oh, right, I'm having a shit day. Yeah, I'm just have a shit day, or I feel angry today, and I know why I feel angry. Yeah. So I'm just a bit angry, you know, like, yeah. I agree with that, uh, that overly positive thing, positive <laughs> affirmations and all of that. Like, I do think it kind of has a bit of a place and if it works for you, great. Yeah, 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 but yeah. It has to be realistic, you know, like, if you've been an arsehole, you don't want to be telling yourself that you've been great, you know? No. Like, you feel bad because you've been an arsehole, like, learn from mm. it. And, and, but every day that you're not an arsehole, you're gradually making up for that, yeah. you know, and, and you can't undo any of that. You know, you, you cannot, I, I, I love to say, you know, you, you, you can um, look back at the past, but don't stare. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you just need to, um, it, you've got to be kinder to yourself, you know, because we, we dwell on all this stuff and you can't, I, I've done some terrible things. I've done some awful things in, in, in the past. And I can't do anything about them, you know. And there's sometimes we're trying to make amends to people. There's sometimes where you realise that you, you, you've gone too far. So then bridges that never will be built. Yeah. But all you can do is then just, you know, like don't do that again. Yeah. You know, or fight against doing that again. And that um, in itself is kind of repairing, I think. Yeah. I yeah. Think, you know, it's not that obvious, but that in itself the fact that you go with the intention of not doing that again and not hurting people again you know yeah. other people hopefully will see that you do that as well and you know that that gets about you know that's a positive thing yeah i think um like it's 
there's a lot of things from the 12 steps that um that i kind of really like yeah mm. like the I, I i read russell brand's book about it um, yeah it's great isn't it yeah yeah i really really enjoyed it um yeah. and so much of it just rang really kind of ring true for me yeah and i learned absolutely loads from it just like the the kind of forgiveness thing is like mm. um you know quite often it's like forgiving yourself for the things that you've done yeah because we've done it we're the last one yeah we yeah. go around you know become wonderful and live on this fluffy cloud and you know help everyone um but we'll not forgive ourselves you know yeah and, and and you can't it all has to start with that you know and and forgiveness you know they say forgiveness is divine and, and it, it is because what it is is that you're doing it for you because you just hold on to all i mean i I've said I've done some awful things, but I've had some awful things done to me and the people I love in the past. And the hardest thing is to forgive them. <laughs> right? But the minute you do, there's something lifts in you. There's something shifts in your, in your whole being. It shifts. But it's not easy. It's no, simple, but yeah. it ain't fucking easy. I've done it in the middle of the night with gritted teeth and clenched fists and not, and it's gone against every fibre of my being to be doing it. Um, and I've done it and it hasn't worked, but I said, I've done it and then I've done it and I've done it. And I finally let go of this stuff. That's, it's like, it's, it's like drinking poison to hurt someone else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that I, old chestnut. And it, but I, I love that because it's what you're doing. You're filling yourself full of hate and the only person you're really help hurting is yourself. Yeah, you just, and you like that kind of hate and anger and rage, whilst the other yeah. person is completely oblivious, doesn't... Oh, they've forgotten. They don't yeah. even give it, they don't yeah. even know they've done it. I know, oh, I, I had to kind of do that with like, almost forgive like, my <laughs> like my dad to some extent, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and I have to keep doing it, you know, like to myself. Yeah. I have to keep, I have to keep doing it because the minute I get stuck in that chain of thought, I go down. So it's like, no, remember, you know, like you just have to keep yeah. reminding yourself, no, get back to it, mate. Get back on the game. Yeah. <laughs> Do the forgiveness. It's every day. You, you, yeah. you none of this stops. None of this sort of like you don't ever you never achieve it. You never achieve anything. No. It's the constant the constant battle with trying to get there. Yeah. And, and I must, you know, like anyone like yourself, me, if you struggle with mental health, the word is struggle. Yeah. And it's a daily struggle. But you can, you, you can, you can win. You can beat, you can have daily, um, you, you can win battles. You're never going to win the war, generally, yeah. but you can keep winning battles. And, you know, like every, every defect in my character pops up. And I'll just sort one out, and then another one pops up, you know, because I'm flawed. I'm a human being. I'm oh, selfish, yeah, yeah. fucking self-obsessed, egotistical. Um, you know, I'm dishonest. I'm, you know, all of these. I, I'm all of them things. Do you know what I mean? That's my default, and that's a lot of people's default. Yeah. So every day, I have to then like stop doing that. Try not to do that. Ease back on that. Wake up the next day, I'm just a bad again, you know. <laughs> it's so true, it's so true. I'm exactly, like, I'm exactly the same. In the minute I think I'm doing all right now, yeah, I'm like 
Good luck. It's chill. <laughs> and then like a couple of days later, I'm like, yeah. bed, I hate myself. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I want to just get wasted and run away, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and I say this to a lot of people, there's another reason why I kind of see like my mental health in terms of kind of like, you know, recovery is that you you always got to be working on it. The minute you stop working on it and you think you're all right, it kicks you out yeah. of the arse and reminds you that you're not. And it's yeah. like it's exhausting and it's and it's crap you have to go through it. But yeah. um it's the only way you have any semblance of anything, can it? It's the only way you've got yeah. any happiness is to be yeah. working on it. It's work. It, it, you've got to, you've got to work at it. Some people are my wife, right? My wife is just just fucking happy. Yeah. Like all the time. You know, just don't worry about anything. I do all the worrying, you know. The ass could be falling down around us, and she go, "Oh, we needed a change," you know. Like, it, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I yeah. do not understand this woman, you know. Yeah. Um, and then my kids have got different traits to the both of us, but um, probably why we were drawn together. Uh, but and, and it's great, I, you know. I'd, I'd love to be like that, and she doesn't understand it. She goes, "Well, well, don't think about it then." <laughs> this is all happening and this could happen and well, don't worry about it you know I want, so, but sometimes I'm so angry with her I want to headbutt her you know yeah. because I think it's not that fucking simple but it is that simple you know to people like to, yeah. those type of people it's that simple they'll never they will never understand you and they'll never understand me you know, and I'm glad they don't have to, to be honest. I know, because fucking, you know, but like I've already talked to you. I know that we're on the same way, you know, yeah, like yeah, we understand each other because you go through the same stuff that thank that thank what whoever they don't have to go through because yeah. they're not built like it, you know. It's not, a, it doesn't matter to them. <laughs> no, no, it's um, yeah, my wife took a long time, like she's of a generally happier disposition, uh, yeah. Uh, although she does have her moments, but uh, yeah, it, it, that's living with you, mate. No, 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 no. I know, and I'm fucking hard work. I am. I understand it. It's like, why are you being quiet? Why? Yeah. Like, inside, I'm. I hate myself. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. How do I possibly put that into words? It's like I want to die. I want to kill everyone, and I want to. Yeah. I want to run away. And it's like, how, how do you kind of? You can't say that. It's scary. Yeah. But I suppose in the end, I kind of did. And she was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Or, or you find someone else like you who understands it. Yeah. Who you can say, do you know what? Fucking, I just wish everyone would just fuck off and die. You know, like you have to find someone who you can actually vocalise that to. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it is, is all about working against it by doing, you know, something positive. You know, not yeah. flowery positive, just something fucking productive. Yeah, um, productive to stop, to stop feeling, feeling like that. I found uh, I just kind of stopped fighting it so much. So yeah, like when you say it, like being productive, it's like being productive as in physically productive, doing something because mm. that really helps. And then um, and being productive on kind of working on it, like trying to think, right, no, 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 Brian, you're wrong, it's this. And, but mm. uh, for years I fought it. And uh, that, that, like, I 
um, have had issues with drugs and alcohol through my lifetime. And, um, and, and I found that I think that was me fighting it. You know, it's like, right, I'm going to fucking just yeah, yeah. get rid of it. <laughs> and I'm going to, yeah. and it's like, and that was fighting it. And then the day I kind of stopped fighting it and just started kind of sitting with it and going, it is what it is. I mm. accept I've got an illness. I can't mm. really do that much like massive about it, but I can manage it. Yeah. And then I felt better. You know, then I started thinking, well, I can do that. You know, and like you said, it's like, it's a, you know, you're not going to win a war, but you're going to win most of the battles. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and then it's like uh, that's manageable. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. It takes, it takes a long time to get there, though. Really, does. well, it's the start, though, isn't it? And that's yeah, the thing is, is the crucial thing is getting that start because by doing that, um, you get you get a result, and a, you know you get a you, you you get an achieve you know you achieve something, and then you do it again and you do it again. Whereas you just focus on that massive end goal. Yeah, you never get chances that. are you, you know. It's a good reason not to, because it's unapproachable yeah. or unachievable. So, you know, like you think, well, there's no point me even trying. So it's just working on the small stuff day by day. And then you look back over, like, in a year's time, and you think, actually, some big stuff has happened. Yeah, that's kind of where I've been recently. Uh, yeah. Like, in the last, especially a year, kind of looking back and thinking, fucking hell, I really, I've had no massive... Yeah, like massive periods off of work. I haven't really gone downhill. I haven't had any massive binges or anything. Yeah. But now I'm like, I fucking know. actually, you know what? I've come a long way, and um, yeah. it's pretty amazing, really. So, how, um, so do you mind if we talk about like, um, like before no, you? I don't mind anything. <laughs> so, what? So, were you drinking? Or yeah, anything? yeah. Um, I fucking loved it. I, 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 I've, I've drunk since I was 14. Yeah. And like a lot of people, it, um, it brought out a different persona. It gave me all the confidence and that, that I didn't really have. Yeah, I was the same. You know, so, and then, that, but then you're the clown and you're, you're expected, you do things in excess. So then you've got this expectation of you that people go like, you know, it's funny, people love you to be the clown, but you become a nuisance. So it's like, oh, he's good for a laugh. Um, And then, oh, but it's a bit of a pain in the ass. So you go, and you find yourself... Out of order. And you're like, but you've been me on for the last 10 years. (laughs) I mean, it's our choice, you know, like... um, we we get a reaction. We get something from. It's always um, there's always the carrot and stick. So like, if you get any sort of reward in any way, you want to go back for that again. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you're particularly looking for um, someone to respond positively, and you just you know by you being a bit of a bell end, then you'll carry on. You'll do. You'll be a bell end quite a lot. You know. Yeah, but yeah. It, it it's like anything. Everything progresses. And I've learned about it a lot over the years and realised that I never had a chance because um, partly we're, we're sort of born different, us people, that um, don't process alcohol in the same way. So, you know, and I, I, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. Like, 
my, me and my sister are a great comparison because she will have a gin and tonic and she'll sit on that for hours if, if we were going out. Yeah. And it would make, and she, if she had two, she might get a bit squiffy and think, oh, I've had enough, you know. Um, I was the complete opposite. Whatever I had, I had to consume as quickly as possible. <laughs> I would look for ways to get opportunities to get more. Mm. Do you know, like, she noticed it once. When she said she really noticed it, I was about 29, I think, and we went out for this family dinner. And our table weren't ready and we was in the bar outside and she said she couldn't believe that I kept, they hadn't finished their drinks and I kept wanting to get another round. I just saw myself as very generous. Yeah. <laughs> I weren't generous at all. I was fucking greedy and I wanted to hurry up. So I'd go and get another round and she'd see that I would go to the bar and order the round and, and the first drink I would get would be one for me because I would drink short. So I'd, drink, I'd be drinking that while they were getting the round together and then have another one to bring back. Do you see what I mean? So it was, and there's all, all this tray table full of drinks and she couldn't, under, she just, she said, I've never noticed it before, but you was absolutely obsessed with it. And it was that thing of, in the end, it was always parties at that. We, we was a big party house. Right. But I'd invite lots of people around any day of the week just to try and have a it's big party up. But then, as soon as they all got there, I went on the fuck off home. Yeah, I, I used to. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever like go? Like, did you drink on your own a lot? Because I used uh, not, to. Towards but, the end, yeah, yeah, towards the end. But um, I was a real binger, you know. I wasn't. I wasn't. And it's like you can get off at any level, you know. There's lots of levels. I always say, you know, and someone explained it to me that city is a sort of a. Um, a 14 story building you know like and a basement and and you know you can choose to get off on you know the seventh floor or the third floor you might want to go all the way down to the basement you know i i think i got off probably halfway down you know to a bit below halfway down because i still was functioning i still had a i had a marriage just just about at a marriage i just about get to my business and all that but i'd lost a big chunk of myself you know so um, I hadn't quite gone right the way down. I think, unfortunately, the guys, uh, 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 sorry, people, you go all the way down, it's very much harder for them to get back out. Yeah. So I'm grateful that I did get out where I did, that I had enough left in me to build back up. So you hadn't lost everything? No. Yeah, no, you can no. see how, if you got to the point of losing everything, uh, yeah, to be honest, when 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 I stopped, I was at a point where I was pretty much doing really well. But it was sort of this: the the work, the, the better I was doing, the worse I was getting. I've got a story. I've got. I've said. I've said this quite. I've done said it much on these sort of things, but I've said it quite a lot privately. But um, there's a, a, a. If I tell you a story about it, it really explains where I was because. You know, come from a normal background. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd moved 10 times. So we gradually kept, and we got ourselves a nice place. Um, worked really hard. Yeah. Uh, I was in my garden. We'd had a swimming pool put in. And I was laying in my swimming pool. I bought one of them big chairs. You know, I thought I, thought I was Tony Soprano for a little yeah. while there. You know, once I spent the whole summer in my dressing gown. Um, 
I'm in this big inflatable chair. I've got a big glass of brandy and a big lardy in the other hand. And I'm laying in the pool and you would look at me thinking, he's got, he's got the lot. Mm. I was laying in, in that pool thinking of 10 different ways I could top myself. Yeah, means nothing, does it? Absolutely nothing. Right. I, I, was, I was despondent. Yeah. I had nothing. I felt, do you know what? I felt a massive emptiness. Um, and that, that's the best way I can explain it for people that it doesn't, on the surface of things, you don't know how people feel, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, hence, success and you think happiness, and I, yeah, I, 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 that's not my experience at all. No, look, look, look at why so many people struggle when they hit fame, they hit fortune, they hit. All of these things that, uh, you know, that us everyday Joes would think, you know, you've cracked it, you've, you've got it made, you know. Um, and they've all got their demons um, yeah. because it goes back to balance in your life. So if you haven't got that balance, I don't think you should walk around in sackcloth and ashes, you know. And but balance is key, I really... I balance is everything, mate. Yeah. It's so funny, though, what you're saying. I remember... Um, like one of my lowest points in my life was when so I, I was, you know, got to a point where I'm earning reasonable money that I feel like I should be feeling happy that I can support my family. I've got two kids, got a wife who loves me, a house I'm really like that's, you know, as nice as the one my mum and dad had. You know, like I'm thinking, mm. actually, you know, if I'm not going to be a rock star, then I, uh, this is pretty good. Mm. And I felt, and I was like, and I was so low because I, I felt that numbness, that emptiness. Where mm. it's like, well, what do I do now? I've done all the things that society kind of suggests you're meant to do. You know, mm. I've had the kids, I've married and like got a decent house. I've done all these things, and now what? And I was like, and I and I was, and I was really broken at that point. Mm. And then, and then I learned that um, it's not about stuff. Mm. <laughs> that stuff is nothing and and it's not and often you know and wanting like you know I'm a dad so I want my kids to give me joy and I want you know I want other things to give me joy it's like that's not what it's about like, uh, things don't in, if you're looking for things to give you joy then you're fucking fucked you fucked it right at the beginning because mm. it's about you getting it from from inside mm. and that was when I kind of learned well, about a year later, once I started going into psychotherapy, kind of learned that lesson. But, mm. you know, it's like, like success and all those things, it doesn't really, like, I suppose, I'm sure there are people and it kind of really ticks the box for them and they're like, yeah, yeah that's it. But yeah, and, and, and there's something wrong with it. You know, like, I, I love to see people succeed. Yeah, it works for You them. know, like, um, but there's certain things that, you know, just try, don't base your happiness on. Yeah. yeah. I, I love, I love a motor, you know, I've just got a family car, but I love a lovely car. And I, like a couple of my mates have got beautiful and I love it. And I love to see them in it. And I think, yeah. well, well done, crack on like, you know, yeah. but if you think that's going to make you happy, <laughs> you're going to get very quickly disappointed. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's cool. Right? It's a fool's errand. It's like, yeah. You know, like when you see people in relationships that aren't working, but they're desperately trying to yeah. get happiness out of that relationship, and it's like, yeah, 
you're looking for it in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it don't work that way. You have to be kind of happy with yourself in many ways. Yeah. So do you think, because you said, um, like, when you were describing, like, your kind of journey with alcohol was um, very, very similar to me. You know, like, coming from that point of being hugely insecure, kind of, I like, when I was in my early teens, I, I hated myself and I was really insecure. Um, and booze really solved the problem overnight. Mm. You know, it's like, right, three pound bottle of cider, <laughs> problem is solved. Uh, you know, like, frightened of women, boo, solved. You know, mm -hmm. and then it becomes a point when like your friends are getting a bit older and uh, they're like, oh, do you want to go on the pictures? And you're like, <laughs> right, okay, so if I take a bottle of scotch in with me, I'll pour <laughs> it in the thing. And then they're like, will you shut up? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, like, I'm 25, I'm meant to be drunk, aren't I? Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, in the end, like I just drank it on my own. I just yeah. drank it on my own. Like I kind of, I feel kind of lucky that I got through it without. Like I still, I still drink at the weekends, mm. and I feel lucky that I got through it being able to do that. Yeah. And I still think it's a crutch to some extent, though. I, I've never mm. been a week without it. Mm. Gone like I, I'll drink every weekend. I've never since I was mm. probably like the same age as you, really. Mm. Um, but I have psychotherapy every week, and she started saying to me, um, maybe it's not very good for your emotions. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I know that. <laughs> you know, I yeah. know that. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But well, it's a depressant, isn't it? That's yeah, the thing, yeah. alcohol's a depressant, that yeah. we don't, you know... But the, the biggest um, falsehood out there is that, you know, have a drink and, you know, chase your troubles away but it's the opposite it, it it is it is a depressant you know and you get a little so you get a high and then you get a low um there's nothing wrong with boozing you know like this yeah, is no, i mean in it yeah it's it's effective i just can't do it yeah you know that's the thing i can't uh, i'm one of those that it, i'm so all or nothing that it's got i've it just got it to be nothing i say to my kids look they, you know, if they're caning it a bit, I go, look, don't end up like your dad. It's not a moral thing. It's a sensible thing. If yeah. you burn it, if you get so bad that you can't have anything, it's no fun. Trust me. It's really no fun. You know, I'd love to be like just a, a, a normal Joe who can, uh, you know, just... There's, there's times when I even feel like I've got four girls and one boy and I just want to go down the pub and have a few beers with my son. Yeah. You know, he's 24. And I just want to go down and have a few beers with him, you know. And then he'll, maybe we're at a big crowd and he's having a few beers with one of my pals. Uh, yeah. And he, he, he gets that from them. And he never makes me feel bad about it. You know, I'll say, you know, never makes me feel bad. But there's that little thing inside me that's like, oh, just that little thing I haven't got with him, you know. So but it wouldn't be like that. Because <laughs> he'd fucking, he would oh, hate no, me no, start. No. <laughs> I, you know, pretty much, I've always been the drink till I sleep kind of guy, you know, like yeah. I'll do everything until it knocks me out. And then like, and yeah. then I don't know. 
I never used to be able to sleep. That was another issue that I had. I never used to be able to sleep from quite a young age. So when I discovered that if you drank a lot of booze, you'd fucking pass out and go to sleep. Uh, that was another reason why it ticked the box. So did you, um, so do you think like you started drinking heavily because there was, you had mental health problems beforehand? Like when you look back on it now? Yeah, I was a troubled kid. Right. And it made me feel better. Yeah. The thing with alcohol and drugs, or you know, they're very effective. Yeah. They fucking work. You know, like this is the problem. I'd love to say they don't, but they do. Yeah, they're really good at it. Um, they really do. They take, you know, um, but some people they work too well on, you know, and then what you get is the it's the payback, the payoff, you know, like so, you know, for a while you know you have this massive high and a little low and in the end you get these like little tiny high and these massive lows for and they get longer and longer yeah but, but it's also it's not so much people get confused i think sometimes they think it's how much you drink how often you drink i don't think it's any right. of those i think it's what that does to you once it goes in if it if if it changes your personality if it makes you because become someone you're not yeah. That's when it it's really not good for you. Yeah, I often think, like, you know, um, uh, you know when you talk to people, like, I, I remember, like, my mum once saying someone was a wrong one. Uh, they were on heroin and they were a wrong one. Mm. And I was like, I don't think wrong ones exist. Like, <laughs> I don't think there's such thing as a wrong one. I, I said, no. I think there's troubled people. Uh, and I said, it's very rare you come across an addict who is an addict because they fucking love it. Like, yeah. it might, there's a reason why someone does it, you know, like, and if you've got like that kind of darkness in you or that, or some, a trauma of some sort, and, and like, and that makes you a certain way, and then the substance makes you not that way, you know, mm. then, it's very fucking inviting, you know, of course, why mm. wouldn't you? You're going to do something that's going to make you feel better or push away that pain. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's no different, like, in many ways to taking, like, painkillers. It's just something that's going to stop it, and you can, so you would. You know, if that pain's so bad, then you're going to fucking do something about it. And I, and I think for my, a lot of the time, whenever I've worked, worked with anyone with kind of any substance misuse issues, it's normally that something fucking awful's happened to them mm. or they're, they're really not well, you know, not well like mm. I'm not well sometimes. And mm. it's, it's kind of like a reason, there's a why in there that I think people just fail to see. It's like, oh no, they just really like it. So they're going to fucking like kill themselves over it. It's like, yeah. No. Uh, but I've, I've, I've come across many, many people now who, who, uh, who, who were in the basement, you know, like yeah. way past, way, way past. Because it's a great excuse. You can say to yourself, well, actually, I weren't that bad. Great excuse not to do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. It's find someone worse than you. It's a, that's, the, that's the first cop out, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the, I, have, I have met many, many people who are, who are really rock bottom, you know, like in society. And... Within seconds of talking to them, the pain that they're in—that that's not um, 
um, a grateful choice that they're making. Well, I know. They're not loving it. You know, they're in agony. They're in absolute agony. And then they'll do things to make, that makes them absolutely ashamed of themselves to continue to do that. You know, absolutely. Or things will happen to them because of that, you know. And the things that some people have said to me, it, it, it's, it's, it's subhuman, you know, that, that, that people, that how, how they can be with each other. Um, so it's not, it's not a jolly, you know, um, and it, it's not an easy choice for some people, you know, I don't think. Yeah. I, and I mean, do you kind of experience those kind of things when you're working with like homeless people? It's like those kind mm. of, I imagine you must, cause then I feel like my job, I, I like, you know, almost daily basis, you, people will tell you their lives and you're mm. like, fucking hell mm. you know like and and i'm just like look you're here and you're standing up like and i fucking mm. respect you for it you know it's like fucking yeah. hell yeah and, you know and you haven't gone down a lot of those roads and um so i just think you know like when people do look down their nose at homeless people they look down their nose at addicts and i'm like what if you really think things are that simple you know, you really think someone like would make these big kind of massive decisions, you know, mm. or be forced into these situations, to, you know, because they kind of want to, you know, it just but doesn't happen. A lot of it though is, um, even then I try and be, I try and be forgiving of, of them, even yeah. of their ignorance, because mm. I think a lot of it's fear. Yeah. You know, it's fear of, of uh, you know, it's a scary thing. It's not in their world. Um, it's ignorance. Yeah. Um, you know, they just don't know about it. You know, even I thought, I thought by working with, on myself for about eight years and then working with other people and trying to help them with their stuff, that I knew a lot about things until I actually started cutting hair and then started going into these centres and these places. I had it all wrong. I had it all wrong about homeless people. I just presumed they was all right to me, and I hate the word, but it was all just tramps. You know that that you know the bloke with a string tied round his waist, and the you know I mean that that, that in my and they was all drunk, and they was all dry, or dried out or heroin, you know junkies and all that stuff. Um, I didn't know any of that until I really started getting into it. And then I realized, no, this is all wrong. This is, there's, there's people who are using the, um, substances and alcohol and all that, of course, but there's people who are just, have had a real shit run of luck. Mm. You know, they're everyday people. And the thing we've got now is it's going to be more of them. Yeah. You know, like before COVID, it was all getting out of hand anyway, because of, uh, the, the, the inflation and, and, and properties and people not being able to pay their rent and all that stuff. Yeah. God knows what it's going to be like now when it comes out of it, you know, because oh, yeah. they've, they've put a big plaster on it, but there's going to be a lot of fatalities, you know, and there's going to be a lot of people who have economically, economical fatalities. So that, you know, business will go bust. People can't pay their rent, you know, and there's always landlords who won't be forgiven. So, we're unfortunately going to see a massive increase in it, and also the, the mental, the mental health side. There's less and less help out there for mental people struggling with their mental health. Yeah. Um, 
and the world just got turned upside down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so people like us, it's not been easy. <laughs> no, they reckon it's going to be a proper crisis. I was speaking to someone in mental health recently, and they were like, they're gearing up for the biggest fucking crisis. Like, yeah. everyone's kind of, they've managed to kind of keep it together through this yeah. difficult bit. But it's the afterwards. And I, mm. and I think that it often works that way. It's worked that way with me so many times. You keep it together and then afterwards mm. you crash and burn. And, yeah. And like, yeah, people might be able to kind of keep their head above water now, like financially, like being furloughed and that. But, you know, once the government starts saying, right, we're not going to pay that, then the employer's mm. going to go, well, fuck off then. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, people are going to be fucked. It's, everyone's going to, it's yeah. really quite concerning. It's so true, yeah, because I think, like, you know, I've kind of worked with people who are homeless and like, they're still, sometimes they're still working, you know, they're, yeah. they're still working and uh, they, you know, they've got, like, they've got clean clothes on, but or they've made themselves look fairly clean, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. there's such a, such a true point that even I can't fucking lose sight of that sometimes. It yeah. could be me or you yeah. within a short space. The, the the frightening thing, it's a very short space of time that could be me or you. Yeah. Because it could just come undone and it's like, bump, bump, bump. You're yeah. there with them. Especially if you kind of put it into terms of people like you and I. You know, yeah. like, we, like I often, that's what I was saying when I, like at the beginning about sometimes feeling like, you know, like sometimes I felt like I'm mentally close to kind of just giving up and giving up would be just running away, you know? And like I could... Or worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah that, that has often been in my head as well. Not so much nowadays. Mm. Yeah, I'm doing amazingly well at the moment. Yeah. So coming back to what... I just have to say, I've really fucking enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Anyone who's listening, you probably know. Yeah. Uh, no one else has. No one else has. No, I don't care. Me and you, Ed. Yeah. No, it's just, it's always like, I just, one thing I do love doing about like the podcast is I just so often, like, you know, get to talk to people who are a bit like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, especially you, you know. There's very a lot of similarities there. Yeah. But um so yeah, who's I, I was looking at your we should tell everyone you do a podcast as well. Yeah. See, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You see me, yeah. Yeah, which is the um Who song, isn't it? Is that the same from the Who song? I don't know. I all it it's, all it was was um I went on a few pods with like Pip and yeah. Stu and a couple of others and I really quickly thought I'm meeting so many amazing people yeah. that I'd love to talk to them. I'd love to get their voice out there. And it came from the, the, the thing of the homeless people being invisible uh, yeah. and, and no one talking to them. So that's where he, hear me, see me. I think it is like that, but it was, you know, like, please fucking look at me and yeah. listen to what I want to say. So that's what's, I think there's a few similar things like it out there, but that was my motivation for, for using that, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, it's um, perfect. It's perfect. Um, have you watched uh, there's, uh, Soft White Underbelly on... Um, there's loads of them on YouTube. The guy goes... No. To, 
he goes to Skid Row in California and he talks to homeless people there. Uh, Someone told me I should watch this. Really good. It's, and yeah. I imagine, like, when I was thinking about you, I was thinking, I imagine it is probably a bit like that. Uh, mm. Just some real, real people who had some awful, awful lives. And like, I thought it was going to be, but it's not like that, really. No? <laughs> I thought, I did think it was going to be, in my head, it was going to be there. Really, I'm wrong again. And it, it's, it's just gone a little bit of a different way. Um, cool. I wanted to talk to a lot of the guys, and I tried a few times, and yeah. it was so chaotic that I couldn't really get a proper, a proper session um, done. Then it was sort of making sure it wasn't exploitative, like yeah. as almost like entertainment, you know. And then I did one, and I, 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 I did, and I sent it. Funny enough, I sent it to uh, Stu to listen to. Um, I was really worried about it, and in the end, I didn't put it out because the guy, you know, was very open, but he was very mentally challenged, you know. And it was it was so raw. I just felt that I was exposing him rather than supporting him. I've had a couple. Um, That's happened like once or twice doing this, and I'm like, no. yeah. Well, I, I I think I'm not saying I'll never do it because I'm going to do it at some point, but I need to make sure it's right that it is supporting not, um, you know, I don't want it to be any form of entertainment, you know what I mean? It's like someone who's vulnerable like that. But I've had plenty to talk to because, it, you know, I do focus on the, the special people I meet who run the charities and run, and our team leaders yeah. and our volunteers and all the people that I meet that have got credible stories as to why they do it. And I've also been lucky enough to speak to some well-known people as well. Yeah, because they've seen the thing and they've, they've jumped, you know, they've, they've agreed to talk to me. I know you had uh Fergie and big Lena Headley, yeah, Lena Headley, yeah, she she was very early on, yeah, that's um, amazing, yeah, huge. <laughs> well, uh, when it was, I, I spotted that she'd liked some of our pictures uh, and then I saw that she'd followed us. So I thought, if she's followed us, she's quite engaged. Yeah. So I sort of, uh, as I slipped into her DMs and said, you know, would you be our ambassador? <laughs> you know, and she, I wasn't expecting an answer, but she said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so the next oh, thing, I just, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was going to get. So yeah. then I just happened to say to her, um, you know, like I'm doing a podcast and she agreed to come on. Um, and Stu, Right. Yeah, yeah, I thought that. He jumped straight in. <laughs> he was, it will uh, never, ever let me forget that I, we spoke, uh, uh, not five minutes, 40 minutes, and I hadn't pressed record. <sighs> oh, shit. Yeah. So, Stu, I'll never, I'll never forget that one. And Pip, that, like, you know, what I'm the bell end. Well, she was, she'd have, uh, she's very busy, obviously, like, and she said, uh, I've got an hour. So I could do an hour. I went, brilliant. That, that'd be fine. So 45 minutes in, I just happened to glance and the clock weren't moving. And on them little units that yeah. uh, Pip advised me to buy, you have to press record and then press it again to get it started. It's like a standby, isn't it? And no, I left it in standby. You know, and I was like, and I, I, <laughs> I just looked like, you know, I'd, I'd lost my dinner money. I was like, <laughs> she went, What's the matter? But the great thing is, 
Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones called me a wanker, which I quite, you know, Stuart, Stuart, you wanker. What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) She she called her a point. She was going to be, I have to go after an hour, but she gave me another 40 minutes and we managed to, but you know, you had some real gold in that bit. You know, you had some real great stuff, but, uh, and she came back on in lockdown as well. She done that for me as well. She she came back in lockdown early on. I think we'd only been, Locked down a two or three weeks, and she'd done that for me. Um, and then Fergie came about because they was looking for people. That she's got this new charity, and that they are they are they are actively helping people, you know. Um, and they they just picked us to to give out these bags, and then straight away I said, "Look, I do do this podcast if you come on." Um, so yeah, I've been really lucky. Yeah, when it comes I've had to few results recently. Uh, well, you for example. We, what can I it's, say? Uh, it's just, um, but it is. It's kind of a podcast is great for that though. It's just it's really just yeah. it's chatting in it, and like it just yeah. you, you realise that you know you really kind of get our idea of like we're all humans. Yeah. We're all, we've all we've all got the human condition, and we all need to kind of look after yeah. each other a bit. Yeah, know, and just try and be nice at the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah there's no need to be an arsehole. It's not odd, is it? it, you no, know, it's, it ain't, really it's not odd. It's not fucking rocket science, is it, really, all this? Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's just try and be, like, fairly <laughs> considerate of people and, like, try yeah. not to get angry because everyone's yeah. having, a, everyone having a bad day sometimes. Like, yeah. Fucking get over Just uh, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try not to be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick, everybody. <laughs> well, that's pretty much our hour. Yeah. Oh, really? Hello. I, I, like, I like ending it on the don't be a dick. Don't be a <laughs> dick. Like I, I, to be honest, yeah, perfect. That's probably, I would have done exactly the same thing. Because yeah. <laughs> like, normally I'm like, got any tips? And like, I feel like we've had lots of those kind of things through the hour anyway. Like loads loads of little bits, like nuggets of knowledge and that that you've gone and shared. Um, And normally I'm like, let's wrap it up with a few tips, but I think like... Can't beat, don't be a dick. We've covered it and like just be (laughs) a dick to people. And like, it's really straightforward. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Stuart. Thank you, sir. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Absolutely loads.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.